here. <clears throat> okay. Praise the Lord. But let's, let's look this morning at uh, forgiveness and miracles. Say, so, well, what's, what's miracles got to do with it? Well, well, like you say, we're, we're right here at, um, this is Mark eleven twenty four, and I don't want to pass this up, but it says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. Now, the, the hard part is right here. Believe you receive them, because you, just like me, have had years and years of, well, you never know what God's going to do. I'm not going to just tell God what to do. It's not a matter of telling God what to do. He's offered this for you. I mean, is he broke? He didn't have enough money to do something? I mean, what's the problem? We have all kinds of excuses. Well, maybe he doesn't want me to have it. I I, I dare say it would be bad for you anyway. And even if it was, God would work that out. And, you know, uh, the bottom line is, whatever it is you have need of or would like to have, I doubt it's going to kill you, you know. And... And just to use that as a rule of thumb, to never believe you receive, uh, never use your faith is ridiculous, okay? Because you would take care of your hurting child, okay? That's obvious. You would do something about it, you know? Well, then why wouldn't God do something for you if you were hurting or whatever, too? But anyway, back to this. When you stand praying, forgive, verse 25 says, and uh, if you have ought against any, wow, that your Father also, which is in heaven, look at this, may forgive you your trespasses. And then he doesn't quit. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive you your trespasses. Now, I tell you, we've got this thing in our lives that defeats us so much, and that is condemnation. We're ready to pray. Oh, I need to pray about this. And then the first thing we think of is, why is God going to do this for me? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm probably not bothered with it. Yes, you need to bother with it. Your heavenly Father forgives you. Look at the hinge pin right here. It's just, it's like a door, a two-way door. Neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive you your trespasses. This is fantastic. This is also something that we can do. I want to do something for God. Well, I tell you what, it's closer than your nose. <laughs> and, and just to describe who he's talking about here, it's people that are close to you. I mean, sometimes it may be your son, your daughter, maybe your husband or your wife or whatever, or your your dad or your mother or somebody that you work side by side with at work. It's going to be people closest to you. I mean, it's... Uh, <clears throat> Let me switch this to the Living Bible. Let's look at it. Put it in a little bit of language that... Uh, <clears throat> words that we're more familiar with today. So let's see what we got here. Oh, taking it all the way from 24 again. He says, listen to me. You can pray for anything. And if you believe you have it, it's yours. Boy, I tell you what, that's something I can do. That's something I can do down here on earth and not wait for God. No, I got to wait for God to do this. No, there's something I need to do today. Do I believe I have it when I ask God for something? Wow. Okay. But when you're praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against. I don't want to think about that right now. (laughs) Yeah, we need to think about it. If you've got a grudge against any, praise the Lord, just like Jesus said, you know, first go and resolve that. Now, you might not need to go to the person, but just even in your heart, just I'm just going to let that thing go, whatever. He says, so that your Father in heaven will forgive you your sins too. Wow. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Okay. Well, let's go a little further. Let's see what else we can discover here. Uh, I want to go to 2 Corinthians just a moment. And it's 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And we're going to look down here at something very interesting here. Oh, Uh, let's see. Let's take it down here at starting at verse 10. He says, when you forgive anyone, I do too. And whatever I have forgiven to the extent that this affected me too has been by Christ's authority 
for your good. Uh, he's talking about, obviously, forgiving somebody. And if you look down at verse 11, he says, A further reason for forgiveness is to keep from being outsmarted by Satan. For we know he's what he's trying to do. Now, what does he mean by trying to keep from being outsmarted by Satan? Well, interesting to note here that we're talking about forgiveness. And forgiveness has a way of distracting us. So we can understand why the devil can be involved here. Uh, look down here in the King James Version. He says... Uh, to whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything, to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ. In other words, this is just like Jesus to forgive. Well, we want to be like him, right? Okay. That don't mean we have to do everything everybody says. That's not true. That's not what he's talking about. But you know as well as I do, when you open your mouth and all you can talk about is how somebody's hurt you, then that's where you want to focus. Okay, because my thinking, instead of thinking that God's going to bless me today, all I'm thinking about is what so-and-so is doing to me. And you got to understand, wait a minute, the Lord's going to take care of me. Why do I need to keep worried about this other person? Oh, but Richard, you don't know what they've done to me. <laughs> Let me tell you something. God is greater. God is so merciful that he forgave you. Then you just need to cross the line too and just let that thing go. Watch what he says here in verse 11. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Wow. Well, we don't want the devil to get an advantage over us. Now, how could he get an advantage of us? Well, let's go back to a story that Jesus taught us over here in chapter in Matthew. Matthew chapter 18. Remember the story when Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often do I forgive my brother? Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, it's not somebody way out in left field, you know, like, oh, yeah, it's Hitler. We're talking about Hitler here. No, we're not talking about Hitler. <laughs> we're talking people that are close to you, you know, you know. You know who they are. I don't have to name anybody. You know, it's just the people, like you say in your mind, that just they just they just drive you bananas. What are you going to do? Well, first off, think about yourself. You would think that God wouldn't answer your prayers because maybe you drive the Lord bananas. No, He forgives you. He really does. And so we got to do the same thing. Praise the Lord. Now, watch what happens here in uh, Matthew chapter eighteen. Uh, let me skip on down here to where it's at. Here we go, starting at verse fifteen. He says, moreover, excuse me just a moment, let me clear this out of the way. Uh, verse 15, here we are. Moreover, if thy brother trespass against thee, wonder what that is. <laughs> Let's switch that to the living Bible, praise the Lord. That just means if somebody does something to you. Here we go, back down here to verse uh, 15. If a brother sins against you, go to him privately and confront him with his fault. If he listens and confesses it, you've won back your brother. In other words, make an attempt. Some people, you know, that uh, we, you can actually learn to live your life and just say, well, I know this person bothers me today. And you just start keeping, uh, you know, you keeping a, a little book. Well, that person did this to me. I'm going to write them off. Yeah, and then tomorrow another person. Well, that person did this. Well, pretty soon you're going to be so isolated you ain't got any friends. And so you can see how that works. That's not going to work. And so one thing that would blow that away, and I like to do this too, is when you're working with people consistently day by day, or it might be your father or your mother or whatever, and they've hurt your feelings or whatever, yeah, you need to go talk to them. A lot of times you find out immediately, oh, it was nothing. You know how that works? And of course, if you're married, you know how that goes. I mean, mercy sakes alive. When you're married, you know how this works. Because that's the only way to keep things going is to, you know, to talk to one another. And, and like you say, I mean, we've got all kinds of things that we hear about today it really makes things wonderful you know you just work things out you know i mean some things can't be worked out i understand but in most cases you find out that it can and your children are the same way a lot of times you have to pull your children aside when they're older or whatever even younger too and say hey let's have a talk a minute i know you're mad at me 
<laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, I'm mad at you or whatever. But when you talk, you work it out. What happens? Forgiveness starts working in there. But think about it if you never did do that. Well, they just have to know what I want. You know, well, you're heading for some rocky road, aren't you? So this is why it says if your brother sins against you or just anybody does something against you, hurts your feelings. Go to him privately. I mean, don't pick up the phone. You know, Do you know what they did to me? I go directly to him. Now watch this. And confront him. Okay. Notice it says, if he listens and confesses it, you've won back your brother. Wow, it's, it's done over with. Look at verse 16. But if not, then take uh, two others with you and go back to him and prove it everything you say by these others. In other words, other people know about it, and you, and you still, only a few know about it. And usually, somebody who's got an honest heart would go, yeah, 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 okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I shouldn't have. But anyway, look at verse 17. If he refuses to listen, then take your case to the whole church. Wow. Seems like today most people run to the church first, don't they? Just <laughs> we get on the phone and we tell everybody first. I don't tell you don't believe what that guy did to me. Ah, well, that's not the method. Look at this. And notice it says it's the whole church. And if the and if the church verdict favors you, he won't. Uh, but he won't accept it. Then the church should. It said, look at this. It's excommunicating. In other words, we're not going to have fellowship with. And he says, I tell you this: whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. That's where it goes into those scriptures right there. But now, if you go back here oh, to this, this whole church thing, this is the problem with some arguments. Uh, by the time you let everybody, let's say, just, you know, we just it, your church doesn't have to be talking about a church building, but among your friends. Will you go with me to go tell so-and-so that he's wrong? And when you talk to one of your friends and they go, well, Richard, that's not so bad. I mean, just let it go. <laughs> well, I don't want you to go. Don't go with me. Well, see, right then we should recognize, you know what, I just need to forgive. I just need to forgive them because not everybody agrees that whatever so-and-so did to me is wrong. And so it really would hardly ever get down to this level, you know. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, nonetheless, uh, I want to show you in this same passage, if we keep going just a little further, the same subject is going on. Here comes verse 21. Peter said to him, Sir, how often should I forgive my brother who sins against me? Seven times? Wow, look at the Living Bible. It's just in parentheses and it's... Uh, I mean, quotes, and it's got an exclamation point. No! Jesus replied. And he says, 70 times 7. Wow! And even that's not a limit. Okay. And then he goes into the story. The kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date. In the process, of one, of his, in the process one of his debtors was brought in who owed him $10 million. That's a lot of money. $10 million. Wow. Well, he couldn't pay, so the king ordered him to be sold for the debt, also his wife and children and everything he had. Boy, that'd be bad. But the man fell, on, fell down before the king, his face in the dust, and said, Oh, sir, be patient with me. Now, you might say, why is this story so important? Well, you as well as I do have people that we have to forgive. We have people that hurt our feelings every day. So this story is very valid, isn't it? He couldn't pay, so the king ordered him that uh, he be thrown in jail. But this guy said, Oh, look, you know, be patient with me and I'll pay it all. Then the king was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave him the debt. Now let's cut to the chase just a little bit. Jesus is going to compare himself to this king. We're talking about God here. I mean, boy, he has forgiven us, hasn't he? My goodness. Boy, you know, he knows what we do in the, in the secret times of our life. He knows all about us. And guess what? He still loves every one of us, doesn't he? Then the king was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave him his debt. Now, how much was that debt? There it is. It was $10 million. Mercy sakes a lot. I've been given a lot of money before, but I've never been given $10 million. 
<laughs> That's all. I mean, even 10 million that I created of debt, and all of a sudden, you're okay, you know? Wow. Anyway, but look what happened. Here's the bad part. Now, here's our lives, okay? This is where it affects us. Verse 28. But when the man left the king, he went and found a man who owed him $2,000. And some people say, uh, some translations say it was only $20. But anyway, when you compare 10 million to 2,000, whatever, that's the reason there's a little note right there. But anyway, he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. Wow. The man fell down before him and begged and uh, said, give me a little time, be patient and I'll pay it, he pled. But his creditor, that guy that was just forgiven, look at this, he wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and jailed until the debt would be paid for. Then the man's friends. Now, you know what? We got friends. I got friends too. And my friends know who I'm mad at. <laughs> they're going to know what you're up to. They're going to know what you're thinking about because they're your friends, you know. And a lot of times you might pick up the phone right when you're angry, say, with your dad. Or if you're angry with your mother or angry with somebody, you're not going to believe what so-and-so did to me. So people find out. But anyway, then the man's friends went to the king and told him what happened. Oh, mercy. The king called before him the man he had forgiven and said, You evil-hearted wretch. What? Now, wait just a minute. You know, you could put on your defense right here. That guy owed me $2,000, or he did owe me $20. It's true, he did. Ah, but that's not the point. Jesus said, here, I forgave you all that tremendous debt, $10 million, just because you asked me to. Look at that, just because you asked me to. Why shouldn't you have mercy on others? Just as I had mercy on you. Boy, then it says the king was angry. Uh-oh. <laughs> he sent the man to the torture chamber until he paid every uh, last penny due. So shall my heavenly father do to you if you refuse to truly forgive your brothers. Wow. You know, so we, we do have an obligation, you know. You know, the, the, what's the golden rule? Love one another, you know, and what he says? Do unto others as I would have, uh, as you would have them do unto you. You know, that's so hard at times because we want to just be kind to those that are kind to us. Uh-oh, that sounds like a scripture. It is, isn't it? <laughs> you know, we can, we can preach our own selves, either happy or miserable, right? Watch what happens here in the fifth chapter of, uh, of uh, Matthew here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, look, at, look at verse 23. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 23. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar... In other words, you're here to worship the Lord. And you remember that your brother has ought against you. In other words, you got some sort of problem going on there. You know, He says, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. And first be reconciled to your brother and then come back. Well, it must be important. Now, you don't necessarily have to go to your brother, especially if it's people you don't really know or whatever, or some people just out of the blue, just mean to you or whatever. But you have to deal with it in your own heart. I understand what they're doing. I'm just going to let it go. Well, Richard, how can you let it go? Well, remember the Bible tells us that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. The Lord will handle it for you, you know. But we can just let these things eat on us. Wow. Look at verse 25. Agree with your adversary, that's your enemy, quickly, while you're in the way with him. Lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and be cast into prison. Oh my goodness. Yeah, but you don't know how bad they've, they've, they've ruined my life. <laughs> Jesus knows how bad. Believe me, they stuck nails in his hands and they put him on a cross. But he came out all right. Because remember, while he was on that cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. You know, I mean, he did something about it. Now, Jesus still called Herod a fox. Well, Jesus was a good name caller. 
And people deserve names sometimes, you know. You snake. You know, I mean, Jesus didn't just sweet talk everything. No, he didn't. He called them snakes. He called them vipers. And he called Herod a fox. I mean, he called a spade a spade. I mean, he knew exactly what these things were. But this situation here, you're dealing with, notice back up here uh, in uh, uh, verse 23. When you bring your gift to the altar and there you remember that thy brother, see, it's somebody close. Like I say, it could be your child. I tell you, I just don't understand why my kids keep doing this to me. Everybody else is sweet, but one of them's not. I'll just say, well, I'll pick one of mine out. I'll say Melody. Oh, Melody is just Melody is just a thorn in my side. And you can just go off the deep end with that. Yeah, but I'm telling you what, I mean, everybody's got their problem child. I got my problem child too. Well, the problem's going to be with you because you keep dwelling on it. You got to keep loving that child. Well, I will after I make this phone call because I'm going to tell my friends what Melody did to me. <laughs> of course, Melody's a sweetheart. She didn't do that. But if I was going down this path, and really and truly we all are, there are some people that I would love to talk about, you know. And there are going to be people that are relatively close to me, but there's things I have to do about it. What am I going to do? Verse 25, here's something I can do. Agree with your adversary quickly. I'll tell a story about my granddaddy one time. My granddaddy's a, <clears throat> he's a he's Baptist preacher. And yeah, y'all come on in. Uh, my granddaddy's a Baptist preacher. And uh, <clears throat> he moved to another house. He built a house, whatever. And anyway, somebody had uh, 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 had to have their mailbox. You know, the mail's picked up on the same side of the road. And uh, so anyway, they, they put uh, their little mailbox in my dad's, in my granddaddy's yard. And it just got under his skin. Little things can get under your skin. Now, you, we're talking about somebody who's your brother. This was a neighbor right across the street. Remember that? Okay. Well, this guy decided to put a flower garden all around his mailbox. Well, it started to aggravate my granddaddy. And so my granddaddy and this man, boy, they got into it. Guess how far it went? All the way to court. My granddaddy was in the right, but he was frustrated over this whole thing. He wanted this man to recognize that this was... My granddaddy's property, and he doesn't need to be doing these flowers. I mean, the fight, you can see it both ways. Let me tell you what happened. When it finally got before the judge, the judge called both of them to the bench, and guess what my granddaddy did? Verse 25. He shook that man's hand and said, I'm sorry, I just would like to have my mailbox this way. You want to have your flowers there, but we don't need to have court over it. And at that moment, that man backed off. But the judge was fixing to decide and say, look, I'm going to handle it this way or another. So it's wonderful to go ahead and begin to say, look, we got to work things out. So always see yourself, even though you've got problems with somebody or whatever, remember the Jesus way out, the way Jesus wants you to deal with this thing is try to agree with your adversary as quick as possible. Look at verse 26. He says, Verily I say unto you, you shall in no means come out thence until you have paid the uttermost farthing. Wow. So you can see that if we will learn to forgive like Jesus forgives, and that doesn't mean you do what everybody says do, but you know what Jesus is talking about. Let me give you another, for instance, right here in this same chapter here. Ah, <clears throat> uh, Let's see. <clears throat> Look down here at verse 38. You've heard it said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that resist not evil. But what's, uh, whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him also the other. Wow. Oh, hmm. uh, Again, uh, let me switch this to the Living Bible just a moment. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, it looks like we're just going to get blown away. No, you're not going to get blown away. Mm -mm. It's not what's going to happen. Let me scroll back down here. Living Bible. Okay. Yeah, he says the law of Moses says if a man gouges out uh, another's eye, he must pay with his own eye. If a tooth gets knocked out, knock out the tooth of the one who did it. 
But I say don't resist violence. If you are slapped on the one cheek, turn to the other. If you're ordered to court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat uh, also. If the military demands that you carry their gear for a mile, carry it too. Now, I wonder what's going on here. Well, again, let's keep going. There's a reason. Watch this. Verse 42. Now, Jesus is not saying don't put up resistance because what do we have the armor of God for? Yes, you do. I'll also tell you that Paul wrote and he said, Alexander the coppersmith has done me much evil. He says, beware of him. It's not like, well, just, um, <laughs> Timothy, you're going to get it when you get over there. No, huh? there's ways to get around these things. And if you look in the book of Acts, Paul put his foot down when they had him arrested. He says, you tell the magistrates to come get us out once they were exonerated. They were in jail, in the Philippian jailer, chapter 16, Acts 16. You know, the earthquake and all that kind of stuff. And then they said, hey, you're free to go. Paul said, uh, no, no, it's, it's more that we're free to go. You had arrested Roman citizens. You come take us out yourself. You know, praise the Lord. So, you know, we can also just sit here and just think, well, I'm not going to turn the other cheek, you know, because I'm not going to be just a pacifist. That's not what he's talking about here. You know what's going on. You've got people that are close to you, people that are getting under your skin. These are your relatives. These are your friends. These are people that you deal with all the time. And we want to say, you know, well, I'm just going to give them peace of my mind. Hold back. Remember the scripture tells us in James chapter uh, 1, he says, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Just get there slowly. He didn't say don't go to wrath, but get there slowly. Anyway, look what he says here. So notice how he wraps it all up. He says, there is a saying, love your friends and hate your enemies. But I say, love your enemies. Oh my goodness. Jesus, please don't do this to me. <laughs> no, wait, watch this. Pray for those that persecute you. Look at this. In that way, you will be acting as true sons of your Father in heaven. I know you want to give them, you know what? You know. But just hang in there. For He gives His sunlight to both the evil and the good, and He sends rain on the just and on the unjust too. If you love only, watch this, if you love only those who love you, what good is that? Even scoundrels do that much. <laughs> King James says, you know, even the world does that. Okay, whatever. Verse uh, 47, if you're friendly only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even the heathen do that. But you are to be perfect even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Praise the Lord. Wow. So what's forgiveness going to do for me? Well, you can see right here, it's going to make you like Jesus. And not only that, praise the Lord, uh, it opens up reward. Oh. Uh, Look down here uh, at verse 3. But when you do, this is in chapter 6, he's still talking about the same thing. When you do a kindness to someone, do it secretly. Don't tell your left hand what your right hand is doing. And your father, who knows all secrets, look at this, will reward you. Wow. He's going to reward you. Yeah, he sure will. Praise the Lord. Yeah. No doubt about it. Praise the Lord. Oh, <clears throat> Well, what's forgiveness going to get for me? Let's look over here at, uh, <clears throat> at uh, let's go to 1 John. And in 1 John, we'll look over here at chapter, uh, chapter 3. Let me put this back in the King James just a moment. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> okay, close this down. Look at verse 14 here. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 14, it says, We know we've passed from death to life, look at this, because we love the brethren. He that loves not his brother abides in death. And whosoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Now, 
there are people that we have in our life that, that, that it's difficult to be around. And that's just understood, you know. It, it, we, we deal with that. But still we see behind the lines here that, hey, wait a minute, you know, what am I supposed to do here? What am I supposed to do? Because the scripture says that one way to tell that we're born again is because we're doing this. And, you know, as a child, a parent with a child or when some of you young fellows, when you guys have children and stuff, you know, and I mean, everything's going to be rosy. I mean, your kid's going to get on your nerves or whatever and all this kind of stuff. But you're going to see something come up in you and you'll recognize it. Well, that's just a parent. Well, that's right. Or you'll be a bad parent. He'll be like, I'm not keeping tally. And your kids aren't keeping tally either. Every time they get in trouble, whatever, they're not going, oh, man, this is the 103rd time I've gotten in trouble. <laughs> it's like the first time. They never think anything of it because they know their mom, their dad, they forgive them, you know. And it never wears on you as a parent. And that's what God's saying right here. He's absolutely saying the same thing. Let me show you two more things here. Uh, let's go to, let's stay in the King James just a moment. And let me go over here to, uh, back to 1 Corinthians this time. Interesting passage over here. Oh, look at what it says. Let me get to it here and I'll show you. 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Same with the right chapter? Yeah, I'm in the right chapter. Okay. Acts like I'm not, but I am. Okay, here we go. Uh, let's see. Interesting enough, he, it, it, look, starting in verse 9, he says, I wrote you in a letter, an epistle, not to accompany with fornicators. Okay? Notice he says, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world or the covetous or extortioners or idolaters. Notice what he says here. For then you just might as well just get out of the world because you can't get away from these people. They're everywhere. But he said, I wrote you in a letter not to keep company with somebody that's a brother that's called this. You know, that's, that's also a fornicator, a, a covetous, idolater, a railer, a drunker, or an extortioner. With such a one, no, not to eat. For what have I to do with them that are without? Do you not judge those that are within? He says, uh, uh, but them that are without, God judges. Uh, now, let me scroll down here just a little bit more. Okay. Oh. Oh. Here we are. Chapter 6. Oh. Dealing with a little difficulty that happens among us all. Look at this. He says, look at verse 6. He says, this is 6 verse 6. But brother goes to law with brother, and that before the unbelievers. Now therefore, there is utterly a fault among you, because you go to law one to another. In other words, we get so mad at each other, we take everybody to court, you know. I mean, some situations might require that, and I'm just not saying that's not necessary. But we can let our we can let things get so far out of hand. I don't care who does anything to me. I am. I, they've had it. I'm gonna sue them. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. Now, now look at this verse. Watch. This is that thing where Jesus said, "Turn the other cheek." Cheek. Watch this. He says, "Now there is utterly a fault among you because you go to law one to another." Look at this. Why do you not rather take wrong? Ha! I'm not doing that. <laughs> oh, I'm no way. Well, wait a minute. Look at this. Why was it written? Why do you not rather take wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Now, again, I want to go back up here to this word brother right here. I mean, my goodness, this, this, this could be just so bad that you're just so mad at your, you know, your parents or maybe your brother or your brother-in-law or somebody like that. And you're just like, I don't care. I don't care who they are. And we get ourselves so wrapped up in this thing, whatever the problems are. And you know who you're dealing with, whoever it is that you just cannot stop and let something go. 
you're lying in your bed at night and you still cannot let it go. And even after it was like, I mean, like I said, if many of you have been to court before, you know, and you deal with things in court. Uh, I, I remember uh, a friend of mine was telling me, he said, well, guess what? I'll give you a, give you a heads up here. After court, it won't make no difference. You're still going to feel like you want to punch somebody's lights out. Court won't resolve it. You know, it may resolve a few things, but that thing is still going to be staring you right there. Well, then what do you do? Jesus, you're making this stuff so hard. <laughs> no, he's not. He's making this wonderful because he's forgiven you and I the $10 million debt. Surely we can forgive somebody else. He says, but why do you not rather take wrong? What? Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Whoa. Well, yeah, but who's going to take care of me? Let me tell you, God is going to take care of you. He really will. He really will. Let's look at one last place. Because Jesus does drive these things home for us. It's like, oh, yes, yes, Jesus. Oh, man, if it weren't for Jesus, I could get away with this. <laughs> no, we really don't want to get away from it, and you don't either. You know these things are true, and you know good and well that he said these things to help us. Because these things, as we found out, they're a tool of the enemy to destroy us. Well, I'd love to go visit with, with, with Phil, but every time I go to Phil's house, Phil can't. He, he's, so, he's just so bitter at somebody, you know. It gets off on me, and I'll get bitter at somebody. Well, Phil's not that way. And I guarantee you, if, if you talk to Phil, he could describe somebody who's done him so wrong, but guess what he does? He recognizes that Jesus has forgiven him, and so he does his part, and he forgives too. And that's what Jesus is after. And he's telling us, this here will just cause your life just to, just to flourish here. Oh, Anyway, Luke chapter 11. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Let me get over here to this. Uh, mm, could be chapter 11. Let's see. Let me find this here real quick. And we'll go to it. <clears throat> Luke chapter 11. What I'm looking for here is um, oh, this fellow that tried to justify who he was supposed to love. And you know the story well. <clears throat> it's the story about the Good Samaritan. And uh, I'll have it just a moment here. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm getting close. I just read it the other day. I know exactly where it's at. Let's see the ninth chapter. Hang on a second. Well, I'm not going to stop till I find it. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. Oh, tenth chapter, verse 30. Excuse me. See, I was in the right vicinity. Okay, here we go. The 10th chapter, look down here at uh, 25. 25 is that Okay. Okay. <clears throat> I will switch this to the Living Bible in just a moment. Cut to the chase. Verse 25 is that. Here we go. Because this catches us off. It's like, okay, I got you. Hang on. Clear this out one more time. 10, 25. See the whole thing. Here we go. One day, an expert on Moses' law came to test Jesus' orthodoxy by asking him a question. Now, let me set this up here. This guy was not somebody who didn't know. This, this catches every one of us. This guy was an expert. Oh, I know it all. Oh, I know my Bible. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love Jesus. Don't try to tell me this, Richard. I love Jesus. 
they'll know you're my disciples if you have love one for another. So if you're trying to explain to me you love Jesus, you're, have, you're doing it the wrong way. <laughs> we got to have actions, don't we? Well, here's the story. Oh, no, I don't want to hear the story. Yeah, you do, too, because it gets us all. It lets us realize, you know, what am I doing today? What can I do for those around me? What can I do to those that are trying to hurt me most? Whatever. Watch this. One day an expert on a law came to test Jesus' orthodoxy. Now remember, orthodoxy just means this is what's proper, you know. Well, that doesn't look very orthodox. In other words, it's kind of out of the world. Words, this, okay. By asking him this question, Teacher, <laughs> what does a man need to do to live forever in heaven? Jesus said, What does Moses' law say about it? He said, Well, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and all your mind. And you must love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Unless they're black, or unless they're whatever, or unless they're this or that, or unless they're, you know, oh gosh, a family member that just, just won't let you go. Oh man, they're just creating such trouble for you. Jesus said, verse 28, right. Jesus told him, do this and you'll live. Well, the man wanted to justify his lack of love for some kinds of people. So he said, which neighbors? <laughs> yeah, I got you cornered up now, Jesus, because don't you know there's some bad people out there? They really do things to you that just, I mean, they can just get under your skin. Jesus replied with an illustration. A Jew was going on a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes and money, and they beat him up, and they left him lying half dead beside the road. Now remember, we've got to slip our shoes and fit right in here. We're, we saw all this. Whoa, what would we do? Now I tell you, I have to admit, I've, I've left people before. I mean, in th when I knew people had been hurt, whatever. I mean, not like this. But in other things, I've just walked away. And I've realized, I tell you, when you walk away, you're like, you know, I should have done something. I should have done something. And it's even worse when it's somebody you think, you know, you would never do something for. Well, I'll never help them as long as I live. I, I will, you know, what they've done to me. <laughs> okay, wow. Anyway, look at verse 31. By chance, a Jewish priest. Now, why did it have to be a priest? I mean, Jesus, this is, I mean, pick somebody else. Nope. He picked a priest. And you and I are priests too. We're kings and priests unto him. A priest should have known better. Wow. Now, he came along and he saw the man lying there and he crossed on the other side of the road and passed him by. Now, I want to give you a little tip that was probably going through this man's hand. The Jewish law in the Old Testament, you were defiled if you touched a dead body. You were, I mean, I just got through reading it. I mean, you just, you just, you just don't mess. You, it took till the next day, and then you were ceremonially clean, whatever, and you could go back to your duties. You just didn't deal with a dead person, you know. And a lot of rules like that. And there was a reason for that during that time. It's not that God's touchy-feely and not, no, no, no. There's a reason for that. He was trying to show holiness. Okay, that's all it was. That's all it was. But guess what? Even in the midst of that holiness... If that was what was going on, God would have permitted that priest to offer help. It would have never been the other way. But I'm sure going through this guy's head, he was thinking, I don't need to, I don't need to. God's not going to make me do this. Nah, blah, 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 blah. Well, let me tell you something. Love is requiring it. It really is. So anyway, he passed by on the other side. Now look at verse 32. Now why can't we have a carpenter or somebody that's a plumber or an engineer? No, it's another person that has something to do with Jesus. A Jewish temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he went on. Uh-oh, 33, but a despised Samaritan. You could say a black person or whatever if you're racist or whatever. 
at this time, there were races. These, these were considered half-Jews. They were not full Jews or whatever. And they sort of had their own Jerusalem. And there was a big kind of fight between the two of them. Whatever. But this despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw him, he felt what? Deep pity. You know, I don't care what our troubles are with people that are around us and people that we want to just bang up in our own heads, you know. And these are people that you're in contact with all the time, whoever they are. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, praise the Lord. He said he felt pity. Kneeling beside him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with medicine. Wow, look, and look he's doing this to a Jew, and he's a Samaritan. And he bandages them. Then he took the man on his donkey, walked along beside him till they came to an inn where he nursed him through the night. Wow. The next day he handed the innkeeper two $20 bills and told him to take care of the man. If his bill runs higher than that, he said, I'll pay the difference the next time I'm here. Now, here's the words of Jesus. And let's close with this. Watch this. Now, which of these three would you say was neighbor to the bandits? (laughs) I mean, oh, man. Remember, this guy was a Jewish expert. And he's like, you could have picked a different illustration. Don't be talking about no Samaritan, for goodness sake. Gee whiz. Or somebody who's really gotten under your skin all these days or maybe something recently. You don't know what they've done to me. Anyway, verse 37. The man replied, the one who showed him some pity. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Praise the Lord, we are. Man, we have been so forgiven. Why would I want to be locked up where I can't have the Lord's blessings? I'm not going to do that. And I know you're not either. Praise the Lord. When you stand praying, Jesus said, forgive so that your Father, which is in heaven, may forgive you. He also said in the Lord's Prayer, He said, Forgive us this day our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lord, we just thank You for Your blessings today. We know they're on us. We know it's all because of mercy. And we're going to be merciful just because You are merciful even to us. Lord, get us out of trouble if we're in trouble today. Lord, heal us if we're not feeling good today. Help us financially if we're having trouble financially, Lord. And we thank You there's nothing left but for us to go tell others what great things You've done for us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah.